welcome to the Skin Series. I'm Danika. And I'm Haley, And we're here to chat all things skin. As clinical naturopaths and corneotherapists, we want to share our knowledge and passion for helping people heal their skin conditions in a holistic way. Join us for a deep dive into debunking beauty myths, how your gut, hormones, diet and lifestyle factors influence your skin and our unique philosophy on how to care for your skin topically. As always, this advice is general and not designed to diagnose or treat any conditions. Please consult your healthcare practitioner before beginning any treatments. Okay, let's get started. Hello and welcome to episode 9. In today's episode, we'll be talking about dermatitis, which has been highly requested episode, so I hope a lot of you enjoy this one. We'll be discussing the different types of dermatitis, what can cause it topically, the current conventional medical treatments, and also how we like to treat it in clinic. So this episode will focus on the external dermatitis causes and treatments. And in our next episode, we will be interviewing our clinic naturopath, Melissa, to chat with us about how she likes to treat dermatitis internally. But first up though, Haley, how are you? And do you have any recommendations for us? I am really good. Thanks, Danika. Um, yeah, so one of my recommendations or something that I've been trying to implement um, more into my weekly routine is getting outdoors into nature before and after work. Um, I'm pretty good at doing it before because we're I'm very fortunate to live across the road from the beach. So um, especially during this nice um, summer period, it's been nice to get into the ocean and I like to take my shoes off and I live next door to a park. So get some grounding, which is essentially just connecting your feet to the earth, which helps to reduce uh the static electricity that builds up in our body, um, especially because we're around so many uh, gadgets and technology, technology and Wi-Fi and all those kind of things. And yeah, so I've been doing some more kind of later night walks and getting down to the beach once the sun's gone down. Um, and I've been finding that's been a nice little kind of circuit breaker between work and home time as well. Yeah, I think that's really beneficial thing for people to do kind of just like separates your work time to your relax time and kind of puts that little boundary in yep definitely and my dog likes it yeah (laughs) he's he's he's, lying with us he's right right next to me holding my hand at the moment so um (laughs) Uh, how are you Danika I am really good um I do have a confession though did something naughty last week did you I did so I'm smacking myself on the wrist for doing it. I went to an event. I won't say what it was, and I won't say what brand was was um not promoting it was uh sponsoring, sponsoring it. it sponsoring that's, it. That's a bit boring. You can't give us the shots. Um, but they were giving out free sheet face masks. Yeah, right. Pretty sure you've seen them before in the supermarket yes. and. I, even with all the stuff that I know, I thought, oh, you know, what, what can I do? I'll just give it a, give it a go. Bad, bad idea. <laughs> what happened? I saw you the day after. Yeah. <laughs> tell, tell, tell everybody. My skin almost like bubbled up. So I had these, it, had, it almost like rashed up and I had these like white, like little pustules coming out of my skin and my skin, I woke up at 4am the next morning after using it and my skin was on fire. It was horrific wow yeah wow wow yeah so (laughs) i think my skin is now so used to such good products Mm. that whenever 
crap goes onto it now, the immune response is so quick. Yeah. And it was, it, it just showed me like, yep. you know, it, it reinforced for me yep. how, you know, bad, how different stuff can be on the skin. So definitely. So you won't be making that mistake yes, again. Yes. Never again. Um, but yeah, my, okay, my recommendation for this week, um, me and my partner are trialing no TV in the week. So mm. we've done it for a week already. How are you going? <laughs> really good, actually. Yeah. I thought it would be really hard, but we're just finding other things to do. So yeah. like we've been, you know, having longer dinner at the table. We've been playing card talking games. To talking other? to each other. Really? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> having conversation. Um, yeah. Reading books more and going to bed earlier yeah. because... Yeah. You're kind of, you're not stimulated and staying up super late. Mm. So I felt that my sleep has got way better and nice. I'm just feeling more productive in the day. So amazing. if you're feeling like you're in a bit of a rut or anything, which I was um, the past few weeks, I feel like that's a bit of a shake up. And if you're having any problems with sleep, I definitely recommend it. It feels scarier. It sounds scarier than yeah. it actually is. Yeah. Yeah. You're yeah. like, oh my gosh, what am I going to do? But yeah. like... Because watching TV is such a habit. You oh my gosh! Of, and you that's def- your that's your go to. You know yeah. when you're when you've come home from work and you're tired and you yeah. just want to switch off. Yeah. Um. But yeah, that's great. I definitely want to start implementing more of that too. And I always, I'm the same. I always feel so much better when I get into bed early and read yeah. a book and have the have su- such better sleep. Hundred percent. It's like nine day different melatonin. Yeah, definitely amazing. Cool. So let's get into this episode all things dermatitis. So dermatitis is a general skin term for inflammation in the skin. So dermatitis can present in the skin as redness, inflammation, dry and flaky. Um, It can look like little red raised bumps. It can be quite itchy. So really knowing what distinguishing it between other forms of skin conditions mm-hmm. um, and then also how to narrow in on what type of dermatitis it is as well um, is important. And sometimes those little red bumps, people can sometimes mistake them for acne. So yeah. that's a really important thing to determine because the treatments are very, very different. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. So there are lots of different types of dermatitis. One is commonly known as eczema, which is Uh, more commonly found in babies and children and that can be presenting um, in the creases of the arms behind the knees and it's usually an atopy presentation Um, and that just means that there's a genetic factor at play and also environmental factors that can influence it as well so atopy is defined as a personal or familial propensity to produce IgE antibodies and sensitization in response to environmental triggers. So it's essentially like you're genetically set up to be more reactive to things in your environment. Um, and, and an IgE response is our, our immune, immune system. system. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So underlying atopy has been considered to be critical in linking atopic dermatitis, allergic rhinitis, which is uh, hay fever, and also asthma. So you might sometimes get people that have one or maybe two or maybe three of those presentations. So um, in clinic, we're always asking, you know, does your parents suffer from eczema, asthma, or or allergies? Because you might have inherited um, a faulty gene. 
and there's something called contact dermatitis so that can be coming from a nickel allergy that can be coming from latex allergy that can be um, sometimes from jewelry um, and things like copper and then also occupational triggers so if you're someone that's around a lot of chemicals um, you can get contact dermatitis and that's commonly I can see that you know in certain occupations such as hairdressing uh, hairdressers sorry they can be prone to um, hand dermatitis and that can be from excess water exposure like constantly having your hands in water but then also the chemicals from the hair dye as well and bartenders um, I reckon and bartenders getting like lots of alcohol yeah. on your hands yeah. and like acidity yeah, yeah. And, and and people that handle food as well mm-hmm. so cutting up fruits and lemons and limes that can also um, disturb your skin barrier too mm-hmm. um, and typically on like on a energetic level something like hand dermatitis um it can also be you know feeling out of control as well and not having a handle on things that's interesting um there's something else called um diazodrotic dermatitis or diazodrotic eczema um, and it's commonly found on the hand so it's little vesicles it can be really itchy can be a person typically that sweats quite a lot um, more common in humid climates and again that prolonged exposure to water can be um, another cause of it there is also something called neurodermatitis which can flare where the um, nerves of Um, run along the skin Um, it can be quite itchy um, and it can be typically with people that have issues with their nervous system so um, stress can be a major factor of this and the clients that I usually see with neurodermatitis might be people that have poorer social skills they're not flexible in their way of thinking so they've got a quite a rigid way of thinking Um, a tendency towards pain avoidance Um, And maybe a dependency on other people and a people-pleasing as well. Um, So that's kind of a personality trait that can be linked to that skin condition as well. And then what we predominantly see in clinic is two things. So perioral dermatitis. So this is one that we see the most of in clinic. um, And that presents as red, inflamed bumps or dry flaky patches from the outer of the nose along the smile line and can kind of kind of come past the mouth and sometimes on the chin area as well. And then something called periorbital dermatitis and that is commonly uh, around the eyes as well. So it can be on the eyelids, can can be near the, t- um, the tear duct as well. And that again, that red inflamed um, little bumps. And then there's also something called periorofacial dermatitis. And that looks, it's like a cluster of pustules and it can be, can have quite a burning sensation to it. Where do you find the periorofacial dermatitis mainly? Is that? It can actually present in the periol area. Yeah. So it can look very much like periol dermatitis, but will have more of a burning sensation to it. Um, but that's where I, I'm typically And more of the pustules that can, people can yeah. um, mistake for acne. Yeah. That's yeah. the one that typically gets mistaken for acne because you can get little white, almost like little whiteheads appearance. Yeah. Yeah. And then I'm always working out, is this a dry dermatitis or a wet dermatitis? Because how we treat it is a little bit different. So a dry dermatitis will be flaking um, and 
having more of a dry presentation. Um, and then a wet dermatitis might be more common in an oily skin type and might actually be coming more from a yeast overgrowth. So it can be a little bit itchy. Um, does it doesn't necessarily have the flakiness going on. It can be more red raised inflamed bumps. There's also seborrheic dermatitis, which is found in the on the scalp um, and that can be again a cause of an overgrowth of yeast so it can cause dandruff um, and sometimes it be, can be quite itchy for people as well. Yeah so if you have a presentation of seborrheic dermatitis and other dermatitis then we're looking at more of like a fungal treatment which again is different to how we would treat other ones so that's why it's really important to find out what type of dermatitis you might be presenting with. Um, so a few things that can contribute to it from an external perspective. So using the wrong skincare is a big one that I see in clinic as a trigger to dermatitis. So using products that are too alkaline or have preservatives in them can disturb the skin's microbiome, which can cause an overgrowth of bacteria. So we have a microbiome on our skin, just like we have one in our gut. And maintaining that balance is really important to make sure that you know, bugs don't overgrow. Also using products that are not suited to your skin type and condition. So if you have, say, a lipid dry skin type and you're using like gel-based products that are targeted at reducing oil production, so usually, you know, things that are targeted as acne products usually, this can lead to a reduction in free fatty acids, which are really important for a strong skin barrier and to prevent bacterial overgrowth. So this is the same for products that are heavy-duty exfoliants like AHAs, abrasive uh, manual exfoliants, and emulsifiers, which can be found in makeup removers. These strip oils from the skin and remove skin cells before they're ready to shed, which can trigger an immune response, and then this can lead to inflammation and dryness. Overuse of things like salicylic acid, which is really popular right now, can do the same thing. It's really useful for an oily skin type but for a dry skin type it can be too drying and contribute to the dermatitis so like i said before some people think sometimes that their dermatitis if they've got that um periorificial dermatitis that it can be acne and then they're using salicylic acid on it because they think it's going to work for that for acne but it's actually dermatitis so it's making their issue a lot worse so knowing what you're treating like i said before is really really important um, another thing that can contribute is the environment. So being in a really cold or windy place can dry out the skin, which can lead to barrier damage and an overactive immune response. So most people find that dermatitis can get worse in winter and better in summer. So it's really important to you know work with a therapist who can alter your skincare with the seasons to support what your skin is needing at the time to prevent these things from happening seasonally. Yeah, exactly. And then also knowing if you're someone that's, prone to dermatitis in the winter months then prepping your skin you know that those months before um will help to reduce that um occurrence as well and again why we always go back to a customized skincare prescription because we want to make sure we're using specific ingredients on your skin for that skin condition um, and not putting anything on your skin that could be making it worse mm -hmm. so what's actually happening in the skin um, when dermatitis is presenting. So the first thing, um, which we're always bang on about, <laughs> an impaired barrier. <laughs> if you don't know what an impaired barrier is by now, you definitely have to go back and <laughs> listen to our other episodes. 
So simplifying terms, you've got tiles missing from your skin roof. And what that means is water and oil will escape out of your skin, which are really hydrating and protective. But then what that means is you've left little tile uh, holes in your skin roof. So that means things from the outside world, e.g. allergens, chemicals, dust, mites, bacteria can actually enter the skin um, and bypass that top layer. And then that sets off an inflammatory response because your immune system's like, ah, uh, hello, this isn't meant Excuse to be down me. here. Let's get, let's cause some inflammation. Let's ring the alarms. <laughs> ring the <laughs> alarms, bring all, bring all the troops in and try and get this um, foreign particle out of the skin. And then we also have these binders that hold those skin tiles together. Um, And if they break too early, they can lead to premature skin flaking. Um, And then again, they can cause little gaps in your skin roof as well. Typically, we're seeing um, dermatitis in people that have a thinner epidermis. And this can be from genetics, um, but it can also be from an overuse of anything stripping and also certain treatments that might reduce um, the epidermis. Like chemical peels. Yeah, Yeah, no, chemical peels. Um, There's something called epidermal water loss so if we don't have a nice strong protective oil covering um, that's trapping in that water then that can again result in that eczema dermatitis presentation poor enzyme activity so that can mean that your skin cells aren't naturally desquamating so you can get a bit of a buildup of skin cells which again can present as that dry flaky excess uh, skin cell presentation mm-hmm. uh, essential fatty acid deficiency so this is definitely a big one um, if you don't have good fats in your skin then you're going to have poor skin cell health And then you're also going to have poor barrier function. Uh, So we want to make sure we're getting lots of good essential fatty acids back in our skin. Essential fatty acids will also be very, very anti-inflammatory as well. So if we don't have enough of those, we can just be causing inflammation in the skin. And with dermatitis, uh, we're seeing lots of inflammation in the skin. And inflammation can be look like redness, it could be rays, there could be heat coming from it. So doing everything we can to reduce that um, inflammatory response will also be really important. And then also uh, we're seeing a overactive immune response. So we've got a couple of different immune cells in our skin and especially in you know atopic dermatitis, the skin inflammation is believed to occur due to a misdirected immune reaction. So again, if you don't have enough tiles on your skin roof, things are coming into your skin and then eliciting that immune response. And then there's mast cell activation and that releases uh, histamines and histamines are very um, inflammatory as well. So making sure we're doing things that are gonna reduce that mast cell activation. There's a reduction in ceramides, there's a reduction in hyaluronic acid, there's a reduction in natural moisturizing factors, um, and then also a change in the pH of the skin. So when we're seeing dermatitis, usually the pH is too alkaline, um, which means that you're more susceptible to pathogenic bacteria. So we want a slightly acidic uh, pH in our skin. So we don't have that protection mechanism either. Yeah, and some people will find that 
if they're using products that are too alkaline, they might have that like tight, dry feeling after washing their face. Mm. So that can be a bit of a sign that your skin is in a bit of an alkaline state. Yeah, and we see that with maybe more mature, older clientele that have been using bar soap on their skin, mm. which is really alkalining and really disruptive to the barrier. So don't put soap on your skin, people. No, soap is no bueno <laughs> for your face. Okay, so what skin types are more prone to dermatitis? So a common one is the atopy skin type, which Haley spoke about before. So this is when you have a gene fault. So you can be more prone to atopic dermatitis, allergic rhinitis, and asthma. And this is usually when you have a parent that has one of those as well. And then you have acquired that gene fault that makes you more prone to getting these conditions. Yeah, and something interesting to note, which I found, read about the other day, is our immune system and our lungs and our skin are all formed at the same time when we are in uterus or when we're in our mum's stomach. So if there's a faulty gene, then that's why it affects those different areas. Just a little side note. Yeah, it's so interesting. And another skin type that's more prone is our lipid dry skin types, which is one of the most common skin types. So when you do have a lipid dry skin, it means that your um, skin does not produce enough free fatty acids, which creates that oil on our skin. And it actually helps to build and kind of protect that skin la- skin barrier. Sorry. So if you're not producing enough free fatty acids, then you can have a bit of skin permeability and a bit of skin barrier damage, which like we've spoken about, can lead to dermatitis. So people who have lipid dry skins, really, really important to have customized skincare that is making sure that you're building up your free fatty acids, you're protecting your skin barrier, you're supporting your hydration levels, all those things because you're, you're naturally not creating enough of those. Um, another type is a filigran gene deficiency. So filigran is a little protein that binds together our skin cells and makes them all lay really flat on the surface of the top of our skin. So if you don't have, if you have this gene deficiency, it means you don't create enough of this filigran. So what this can mean is instead of the skin cells lying nice and flat packed onto the top of your skin, without them binding together, it can start to kind of flake upwards and create little permeability holes in the barrier so again leading to some barrier damage which then can allow for water to escape making you more dehydrated and can allow for pathogens to enter into your skin as well and also that filigran gene deficiency can just create that flakiness too Mm. Mm. and that you know that rough skin texture as well so um if someone's presenting with dermatitis i'm always also feeling their body skin and asking questions around that to work out are they a true lipid dry skin type Or maybe they've got a good oil um, protection, but they're using skincare on their facial skin, which is stripping those natural oils. Yeah. So again, kind of asking those kind of questions. And you can just do it at home. You can feel your body skin. Um, Well, you're probably in touch with how your body skin feels anyway. Um, And if you always feel like you need a moisturizer, you're probably a lipid dry skin type. Yeah. And again, if we, you know, work out that you do have a filigran gene deficiency, then there's specific ingredients we can pop into your skincare that can help to increase that filigran. So yeah, all of these kind of questions that we do in our consultations helps us determine exactly what we're working with to correct your condition. Other factors that we're looking at when we see someone presenting with dermatitis is gut 
health. So if someone's presenting with an impaired gut microbiome, so some gut issues, bloating, constipation, diarrhea, those kind of things, then we're going to be doing some internal treatments. And also we're looking at stress as well, which is a really, really big driver. So active nervous system people, overthinkers, sensitive personalities, bundle of nerves kind of people, and dermatitis, stress could be a major driver for you as well. But we're going to talk about internal causes in our next episode and really dive deep into gut stuff, stress, and all of those things that can really drive that and how we treat that internally as well. What are some conventional treatments that um, are typically prescribed? So um, people with dermatitis can be prescribed topical steroids and topical steroids um, help to reduce inflammation in the skin. Things like dermade and dermies and things like that. But again, we know there's side effects to topical steroids. So sometimes they can be beneficial, but it has to be in the right, done the right way. Um, and if there, if there's any long-term topical steroid use, then that can run into a whole host of issues and it's definitely going to be a whole podcast episode that we'll talk about topical steroid withdrawal uh, you can be prescribed antibiotics so you can be prescribed topical antibiotics and also internal anti antibiotics uh, but that that kind of uh, thought process and theory is changing because we know how important uh, the skin microbiome and the gut microbiome is and we know with antibiotics yes it can reduce some of that pathogenic bacteria but it can also reduce some of that good bacteria as well mm -hmm. leading to a flare down the track um petroleum-based products uh which temporarily feel nice on the skin but petroleum is very dehydrating so stay away from um skincare products that can that contain petroleum uh, they also can recommend bleach baths to some some people. So um, that's for more full body eczema. I don't recommend it. <laughs> We've got yeah. some little hacks that we recommend um, that are a bit more supportive of the skin. Uh, there's also UV therapy. Um, and then sometimes they, can, they prescribe antifungals if it's more of a fungal related dermatitis as well so they're kind of the top uh, uh conventional medicine treatments um that you might be prescribed if you are presenting with dermatitis yeah and if you get prescribed antibiotics they may work while you're taking the antibiotics but then you might find you stop taking them and then you get a flare-up and then you get prescribed more antibiotics so if you're finding you're in that bit of a cycle then it could be worthwhile going to see someone who's going to focus on your gut microbiome and actually building things up rather than continuing to drop bombs into your gut. Yep. Yep. Yeah. And in saying that, you know, with people that are prone to dermatitis or eczema, they can be at, uh, at risk of developing a staph infection. Um, so sometimes antibiotics are needed if the staph infection is is present. Um, so that's also another thing we'll talk about. And I always say to my clients, have you had past history of staph infections? Do you know what a staph infection looks like? Especially with my clients that suffer from the full body eczema. Um, identifying what a staph infection looks like is really important because you don't want to leave that untreated um, because staph infections can get into the bloodstream and, and cause uh, toxicity in the blood or sepsis in the blood. So it's it's on the rarer side, but we need to make sure our clients also know what a staph infection looks like. And that can be 
yellowing that can be yellow crusting um, of the skin so um, in that case then yeah we would refer them to the GP um, and get a skin swab um, and if they needed antibiotics in that instance and then that would be something that would be the process so when we were doing some prep work for this podcast yes we do prep for this podcast <laughs> It does take a little bit of work to get these episodes out to you guys. Um, I came across this really incredible, fascinating article um, on PubMed, and it's called The Microbiome of the Skin and the Gut in Atopic Dermatitis, Understanding the Pathophysiology and Finding Novel Management Strategies. So this is really talking about how the poor development of imbalance of the microbiome in the gut um, can affect the skin's immune response. So that's that whole gut skin uh, connection and correlation. Uh, and it, this is more this article is more talking about uh, atopic dermatitis in children. So this is talking about imbalance is in the microbiome is known to affect the skin's immune response. So when I'm looking when we're looking at dermatitis, we're always thinking what's going on with that person's microbiome and what is out of balance. Uh, so the main bacteria that studies have shown to be causing uh, the problem is Staphylococcus aureus, and that is our bacteria that causes the staph infections. So typically this is higher in a, uh, dermatitis skins. And in atopic dermatitis, there's less microbiome diversity in the skin. So it's essentially saying our microbiome is an imbalance um, and there's a few things in there that are causing that inflammation in the skin. So in uh, inflamed atopic dermatitis, this is usually seen in a decrease in a few different types of bacteria. So QT bacterium, streptococcus, corneobacterium, um, and then again, the increase in that staphylococcus aureus. Uh, in atopic dermatitis skins where again as Danika said a, a reduction in free fatty acids and a lowering in ceramides as well um, and that can really disrupt your barrier function. Yeah so this leads us into how we treat it topically which is a big focus on you know the microbiome. So we use customized skincare prescriptions so we work out your skin type, the cause of your dermatitis and any triggers and then what your skin is deficient in to help bring it back into into balance so this could be because your barriers impaired because your microbiome's disrupted we can use specific ingredients to to help with that so we use barrier mimicking ingredients so we love using boswellia phosphatidylcholine and linoleic acid uh, we love oleogels as well which act as a protective covering to trap in water content which work really effectively we also simplify the skincare to not overwhelm the skin as it's already in such a hyperactive state. So when I see people come in with dermatitis, a lot of the time they're putting a lot of ingredients on their skin because they feel like it's obviously dehydrated and they need to be putting on lots of moisture. So they're putting on oils and serums and thick moisturizers. Um, as we spoke about, the immune system is already activated, so that can cause a little more irritation so yeah we pull things right back we usually just start off with a really supportive serum and the oleo gel until everything kind of calms down uh, we also sometimes add in topical probiotics as well 
um, for that microbiome if that's needed. Um, if you do a full body eczema, we recommend some dead sea salt baths with one to two teaspoons of apple cider vinegar. So this helps to reduce the itch, the inflammation and the bacteria overgrowth. We also recommend LED, which can be helpful. Also getting 20 minutes of UV exposure. This helps to kill off pathogenic bacteria and also increases your vitamin D levels, which is really important for a strong immune system. We recommend lukewarm showers and reducing your overall water exposure because in um, prolonged water exposure, especially if it's hot water, so hot showers can actually cause your skin to be dehydrated, which can prolong the problem. Um, obviously not scratching the skin is really important. I know super, super tricky, but really important. Sometimes wearing gloves, if especially if it's, an, if it's at night when you're scratching, wearing gloves can be effective at not doing that. Uh, changing your toothpaste over if it's that um, perioral dermatitis can be really helpful too. So switching to a natural toothpaste. And if you've got body eczema, can, um, changing your laundry powder can be helpful as well. So anything that can be those allergens that you become in contact with. So with fragrances are really strong um, chemicals. They can be triggering for a, a body immune reaction as well. Um, and, you know, again, everyone's going to have different uh, presentations. So everyone, how we treat it is going to be uh, different for everyone as well. So um, yeah, they're just some nice little tips that we give to clients that are yeah suffering and we find that this can have a huge impact um, on on the skin and we always want to you know improve your skin condition whilst also improving the overall health of your skin as well so not sacrificing one thing for the other thing too and you know the, the way that we work is really getting you to a place where that dermatitis doesn't come back that eczema doesn't come back so a safe long-term Solution. Solution. Yeah. Yeah. And if you are experiencing dermatitis, please reach out because we do consultations, whether it be in person or online. And yeah, we can ask you all of these questions and really determine what's going on and set you up with a customized skincare routine to help. So yeah. Great. Well, I think that was a really informative, I hope, uh, podcast episode. Um, there was so much more that we can talk about when it comes to dermatitis. I really had to kind of just hone in on, on, on what was going to be um, the most beneficial. Um, but yeah, we're, the next episode, we are going to be talking to our solstice naturopath, Melissa, and she is going to be sharing with you guys how we treat uh, our dermatitis clients internally because again that has a huge um, influence on your overall skin health and usually there's an underlying internal driving factor that's causing that dermatitis presentation as well so it's really important to be working on internals um, so we look forward to seeing you all again seeing you like speaking to speaking you? to you okay we just look forward to it <laughs> Always, always. And remember, remember healthy, healthy skin is always in. We hope you enjoyed this episode. Head over to our Facebook page, The Skin Series, or follow us on Instagram at theskinseries underscore pod to join the community or ask us any questions. We would love to hear from you. See you in the next episode.